Sorry, I had to sneeze. No, that's fine. Gesundheit. You are listening to Trophy Horse with your host, Tricky Mick, Alex, I yield to no one, Steve, and Sid. Welcome to Trophy Horses. This is episode 418, and I'm your host this week, Alex. And alongside me is my uh, partner in banditry. Don't don't even know if that's a word, but uh, I yield to no one. You know, this is the real 418, not the fake 418 that Tricky had last week. That was actually 417. Yeah, it took him long enough to get the show out. It, it did. People, people are joking that uh, Trophy Horse is no longer the flagship show of the of the network. They're saying that uh, Game Stuff is, or even um, spoilers, the Loot Bros, which uh, or the Loot Brothers, yeah, yeah, they're they're not are not even part of the PG network, as uh, Tricky likes to point out. Nope. But as we, you know, we we know that Tricky's been wrong about a lot of things recently. Yeah, a lot of things, you know. No matter no matter how much he likes to dig his heels in, the last and uh, not admit that he's right or that he's wrong. Yeah, four million copies. So I mean, so okay, okay. So if you didn't see on Facebook, Tricky and I were once again um, arguing about this. It was something that was what was it four fifteen or was four sixteen yield? It, it was somewhere in that range, four fifteen, four sixteen. And I, I'm assuming you know what when Tricky brought up, um, like he put a little poll on Facebook, which I'll point out as of you know last check, I was winning by the way. Yeah, and I voted for you by the way. Well, thank you. Homer did also. But, um, so I, I, I guess you guys talked a little bit about this last week. I was, uh, on vacation last week. Uh, I was in Disney, so I was not able to join you all last week. But, uh, you know, the fact that I went to Galaxy's Edge and, um, rode Rise of the Resistance and went to August Cantina and, you know, watched the kids build droids. Like, I think that warrants, uh, missing an episode. I think I've earned that. Yeah, yeah, you're good. Yeah, yeah. One of those times where you shell out a shit ton of money, but you're like, man, I'm glad I did that. Yeah. But, um, so, yeah, so Tricky, you know, he made a comment, and he got into, he and I got into it a few episodes ago about the fact that he felt The Last Guardian was a um, disappointment as far as sales go because it didn't sell 5 to 10 million copies. You know, 5, of course, being the floor, and 10 million being the, the ceiling, I guess, or the sky. And, you know, I, I believe that that was just ludicrous, and he's still hanging on to this this, this idea. Um, Yield, did you, did you all discuss this a little more on last week's show? Uh, he may have tried to curb it that way, but, uh, we didn't go in depth. Uh, so, I mean, like, I'll make the point that, you know, I looked up this in, you know, the, uh, the most popular game that Team Eco's ever made, I think it's fair to say, is Shadow of the Colossus. I looked up for the sales for Shadow of the Colossus, and across three releases, that includes the PS4 version, which Tricky calls a remaster. Again, Tricky was rebuilt from the ground up, so know your shit if you're going to try to talk. Uh, the PS3 version alongside Eco, which was the dual release, and then also the original copy, original release on the PS2. According to VG Charts, which Tricky likes to use for all the sales data, no version of Shadow of the Colossus has sold over 2 million. I don't think any one of them has sold over 1.5 million. 
combined, they've sold close to maybe a little over 4 million. So three copies, or three versions across three consoles of one of the best, most uh, highly regarded video games of all time can't crack 5 million, barely cracks 4 million, if even that. And Tricky expects The Last Guardian to crack 5 million or 10 million. I mean, am I taking crazy pill- pills here, Yield? Am I joining Mugatu and eating crazy pills? Like, whose side do you fall on? Oh, I fall on your side. It, it, it's critics loved it. Oh, that's right. You said you voted in the poll earlier, and I it, Tricky, Tricky's got me so riled up about this that I just completely forgot that. It's fact. It, it's one of those games that critics love it, but it's kind of I call it kind of like an underground hit where not everybody loves it but those who do extremely love it and try to get everybody to play it. The the people who like Team Eco games are very vocal, but again, they're also very niche games that are not going to sell like your Maddens or your Uncharted's or your Super Smash Brothers or your Mario Party or Mario Kart. They're just not going to have that mass appeal. So you do have very vocal fans, but again, they're a very vocal minority of the video game audience. Now, the sales of The Last Guardian were very close to what the sales of, I mean... Uh, of what it would seem to be most of the releases of Shadow of the Colossus, so you would figure that most of the overlap is actually, you know, people who also bought Shadow of the Colossus. But again, I just think it's ludicrous for Tricky to just stick to what he said and, and say that the, the for, this game should have been forecast to sell 5 to 10 million, and anything below that is a disappointment. I know. If they sold what they sold on their other games, so let's say 1.5 to 2 million, I would say they hit their mark. The fact that the game, at one point, it was so delayed, delayed so long, that we didn't even know if it was coming out. They had to, There were news reports every four months that said, yes, they're still making Last Guardian. Uh, Fumita Ueda, who was the, the head of, you know, at uh, Team Eco for the longest time, like, he eventually left the studio, but was still working on The Last Guardian. So this was, like, this game was, like, seemed to be in peril for the longest time, and it finally, the fact that they actually got the game out as a success, and the fact that it reviewed really well, was a success. Not to mention the fact that it cracked a million in sales. Like, that's all super impressive, because, you know, the longer a game takes to put out, you know, the the flames, like, that, you know, for people, the desire to buy it, like, kind of fizzles out as, you know, the years go on and more and more games come out, and, oh, wait, The Last Guardian's still not out. So, uh, we'll, uh, I'm sure that Tricky and I will talk about this again on another show, but I, I still think he's nuts. Um, if you side with Tricky, um, you know, you are entitled to your opinion, but I think it's sheer lunacy to suggest that this game should have sold even 5 million, let alone 10, um, yeah, to set expectations that high. Uh, and I also, uh, to, to, to switch to a lighter note yield, uh, I know you are a big Star Wars fan. Yes. You need to make it to Galaxy's Edge, because it is amazing. Is it? Yeah, I mean, the, the new ride, Rise of the Resistance, is like a, uh, it's a ride, but it's also kind of a story, like, they're... Like, Harry Potter World, because we went there too, and also, like, Galaxy's Edge, these, they're not just amusement park rides, you know, you could, like, you you figure, like, a roller coaster, like, you name it something like Dracula or the Beast or whatever, it's like, there's no story behind it, but as far as, like, you know, when you're creating this world, this universe within a, a theme park like Galaxy's Edge or Harry Potter World, there's so much story to pull from and so much character and plot that they actually can put story and character into the rides, so that's one thing I noticed. Like, everything in these parks, it's really super well done. Uh, we went to August Cantina. Fantastic atmosphere. And uh, very lively. Like, great drinks. Um, we dropped $100 on six drinks there uh, with tips. So uh, we expected to spend a lot of money when we went to uh, to Disney. 
but the fact that there's so much story behind the rides, like, it just makes it, you know, the pomp and circumstance, also the quality of the ride itself and how fun it is, like, it's, you, as a Star Wars fan, like, you need to get to Galaxy's Edge and you need to go and, and ride the rides. They're also, Disney's also building a Tron ride, which is supposed to be open next year. Oh! <gasps> Old school Tron? Uh, I'm not exactly sure. They had the light cycles outside of Space Mountain. Um, but I, I don't know if it's more the new or the old. I'm, I'm assuming it's the old one. It's hard hard to beat the original, but it uh, is. yes, you'll make make it to Galaxy's Edge if you can. So, how was flying the Falcon? Oh, so you've heard of Smuggler's Run? I I I, well, I saw your picture of you sitting in the cockpit. So, so like um, that it was an amazing experience because you've got two people who are engineers, you've got two people who are gunners, and you've got two pilots. And I was on the pilot side where I was like, one pilot goes side to side, the other one goes up and down. I was on the pilot side that had the lever to go into hyperspace. And I was like, it said like over the, over the thing, it was like, uh, pilot, uh, ready for hyperspace or something like that. And like the lever turned green, the light, like it lit up and I was like, oh shit. Like, and I was like, I just grabbed the lever and like with the most pride I could, I just jammed, I just yanked it back (laughs) and just the screen went, it was amazing. Like it was Smuggler's Run is a lot of fun. Like Rise of the Resistance, I would say, is still the better of the rides, but Smuggler's Run is insanely, insanely fun. And you know, while you're waiting in line, you get to wrap around the Falcon. So, yeah, because they have yes. a big like replica Falcon in in the port there in the spaceport. So, I guess that would be. I mean, it's not specifically most Eisley, but you definitely get kind of a Tatooine feel to Galaxy's Edge, especially in like the um, obviously the cantina and then uh, as well as the marketplace too. So it's, yeah, it's, it is everything a Star Wars fan could want. Oh, good. Oh, and since we're on Star Wars, have you seen The Mandalorian? Uh, we finished it probably, uh, three or four weeks ago. And okay. Thoughts? I was not, I, like, I, I heard nothing but good things about it, and, like, I enjoyed it. My biggest gripe starting out was, like, okay, this, this random Mandalorian, why do I care? Like, what makes this exciting? But as, you know, like, you get to learn, like, you get to know more about the character. You actually, like, oh, I don't want want to give spoilers, but he becomes more than just the Mandalorian. Like, there's more character to him. You learn more about it. So as the story unfolded, I got more into it. So Disney did a very nice job of developing that character. And it's not just some random badass Mandalorian that you never can attach to. I posted, so I watched the first couple, and I'm like, okay, I like it, but I'm not hooked like everybody else is. We got to episodes three and four. And that got me. And then from there on, I'm just like, wow, this, this is amazing. So I posted on Facebook the other day after I was done watching all eight chapters. And I'm like, in eight 30 to 45 minute episodes, John, and I cannot say his last name, but the creator of The Mandalorian. Favreau. Thank you. Has, has made you interested in the characters, developed the characters, and I can't remember what my third one was. Oh, made you care about the characters more than J.J. Abrams ever did in episodes seven through nine. Well, John Favreau obviously like heavily tied into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, he was in the Iron Man movies. He's appeared here and there. He was in Avengers Endgame. Uh, so he's appeared throughout. Uh, very talented writer. Very talented. I guess we would call him producer director. Uh, but he's been involved with a lot of Disney stuff. And the guy just does really good shit. So I mean, like, not only he's not only a fan, but he also just like is a overall a very good like when it comes to making movies, the guy can get it done. Yeah, he can get it done. And it, you know, Pedro Pascal and um, 
as well as Carl Weathers and uh, I can't I is it Carla Gargano or I'll have to look up her name the the, the lady who played um, the actress who played Cara Dune uh, all of them were really good and of course you know you got the pull of Baby Yoda and IG88 being a fucking badass all the time so uh yeah like the man I think the the one episode that really really hooked me was the Prison Break one I think that was the one that got me. I can't remember if that w- that came before when they went to Mos Eisley. Because either one of those two, when they went to Mos Eisley or when they went into the, 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 the jailbreak episode, like one of those two is what really pulled me in. I think Prison Break was before, but yeah, when they went back to Mos Eisley and Tatooine, I was like, oh, goody. My wife's like, what? I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh I'll explain it to you later. <laughs> okay, Gina Carano. I'm very played Cardoon, so uh, much love to Gina Carano for bringing that character um, to life, and also many apologies for me being unable to remember her name. So uh, yeah, no, the casting was really good. Of course, if you don't know Pedro Pascal, he was the guy who played uh, the Red Viper of Dorne in Game of Thrones. Ah, you, did, you didn't watch Game of Thrones. Did I you? didn't watch Game of Thrones, so I didn't know. But yes, he was in Game of Thrones, and one of the um, the very much. Uh, Beloved characters on the show that uh, unfortunately met a very untimely end. He would, uh, I think a lot of people wanted him to hang around longer than they did. But, uh, yeah. Uh, Yield, we've talked about video game, we've talked about Star Wars. We've talked a little bit about me and Tricky being the new Donnie Tricky couple. Yes. Uh, We did talk about the Rumble before the show, but um, let's... uh, if we go into the Rumble, we're going to sit here and talk for another half an hour before we actually get to the PlayStation news. We will. Uh, let's actually talk about what we've... Well, nope, nope, nope. I've already... I've been on 418 episodes, or at least I've been on over 300 episodes, and I've, I've forgotten the uh, the order. Yeah, it's... Uh, I'm all mixed up. Okay. Uh, our updated trophy counts. Yield, did you update these? I'm assuming you did since you made the agenda. I did update these. So Tricky Mick is sitting at level 54 with a total trophy count of... 12,777 and platinum count of wrong. Wrong about everything, Tricky. You are wrong about everything. Um, I am level 31. Total trophy count of 6,924 and a platinum count of 102 in 101 games. Yield is level 28. 5,953 with 900... 900. Good lord. That's CJ numbers. With 93 (laughs) platinums. Sid is level 40 with 9,460 total trophies and 170 platinums. And Resident Daryl, level 45, total trophy count of 10,191 total trophies. I think I was very redundant there. With 187 platinums. Uh, and Daryl, uh, I just want to you know give a shout out to you and say I'm very glad you liked my intro to episode 415. Yield, did you hear that? No, I did not. I'm about to go back and listen because you're. It was a, so it was a uh, a little pseudo advertisement. It was obviously a faux advertisement for a company that doesn't exist. But um, you know, listen to it and see if you can uh, tell why Daryl likes it so much. All right. So now that we have gotten up to, uh, updated trophy counts out of the way, I can finally move to what I was trying to Roadrunner to a little bit earlier. Going at a breakneck pace here. What are we playing? Yield. I'm a little bit boring. I've been doing the same damn thing. I've all I've been doing. Crash Team but, Racing. You know what's up, what's up with you? Let's let's get the more exciting tales out of the way. All right. So shocking. I've been playing some World of Warship Legends. We're we're both going to be playing the same like things we've been playing for the last two or three months. Well, no. I um I fired up some Jedi Fallen Order. Got back into that Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which I am enjoying. 
I would I would assume I know like a lot of times with like the longer or the solo like games like you tend to take breaks like I mean with Red Dead Redemption two you've taken a lot of breaks I but, have I mean in the Star Wars universe I feel like Fallen Order is a game you would just eat up well I started to play it and then I got I got frustrated because I I said because uh, of the combat either because I'm not playing it right or because there's just difficulty jumps that are that are throwing curveballs so I I kind of get mad at myself. And a little frustrated with the game, and then so I go wander off on something else. Also, with the holiday season, I've been, ooh, there's this event, or there's that event, and I've been focusing on those, and haven't gotten back to my other stuff. I was going to say, you really threw me for a loop when I was still, like, in Florida, in Orlando, and you were like, hey, there's a new Rocket League com- event coming out, and of course, like, there's a new Grand Prix and Crash Team Racing, the, the Rustland Grand Prix, and then... You know, you were like, oh, hey, this Lucky Lanterns event for the the um, Chinese New Year, the Lunar New Year. And I'm like, oh, great. Yet another event that I'm, yeah. I mean, I love Rocket League. But at the same time, it's like, God, another holiday event. Another, another holiday event. That's how I was. So I feel like I've been barreling through holiday events for like four months now. So I've been playing World of Warship Legends, Jedi Fallen Order. Um, I picked up Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, and I'm hoping to get to play it tonight or tomorrow. I'm really glad you were on here to pronounce the name of that game because Tricky would have shit Tricky, the bed Tricky right there. Tricky would have butchered it. So I, I've i been having to... I need to plug in my external hard drive because my system's full and I've been having to delete some stuff, which isn't bad because I've deleted stuff that either, oh, here's this beta that I don't know why it's still on here. Delete it. Spring oh, cleaning in January. It's never too early. Here, here's this game that I've platinumed and I'm not going back to. I can delete it. But there's some games I've put on my system that I don't plan on getting to right away and they're taking up a lot of space so I need to plug my hard drive in and move some to there. So I finally, I got Dragon Ball Z Kakarot on the system. I got it updated. Now I just got to sit down and play it. Um, I've also played some, I played some Rocket League on Sunday to start collecting some of the red envelopes for the the Lucky Lanterns. Um, We've talked about this before. We Some have. of the past holiday events, namely the Halloween and then the the Christmas event this year, kind of disappointing with the rewards. Some good wins as always, but overall, like not like I wasn't you know too enticed by more like any more than half of the items. This one though, I'm like, oh, I see seven things I want right away. I gotta get them envelopes. Yeah, the first three things that I bought were dragon related. I have a dragon decal as well as a dragon car topper and a dragon flag yeah like i'm dragoned out that that's that's what i'm going for or, or the dragons and probably the, the the firecracker antenna topper so man i thought there was one more i've been playing oh and i played some rock band forward to help out the, the band after all of tricky's bitching and I, I love homer's comment on facebook where he said that he wanted to sympathize with Tricky about the spiders thing, but that he, uh, the Tricky, Tricky, uh, called him out or called him a name on on the last show. So he's like, "Well, so basically, screw you." <laughs> I'll find the exact quote on Facebook. Uh, but yeah, sorry, yield. No, that's awesome. I missed that. But that's it. That's all I've been playing. <laughs> okay, so. Uh... Homer said, I would sympathize with Tricky on his fear of spiders as I suffer slightly from autom- automatonophobia. God, you 
Homer, you making me say these long ass words? It would break out in cold sweats and freeze up whenever I came across a dwarven automaton in Skyrim. But he called me a POS in this episode, so <laughs> ellipses. Uh, I that was episode uh, four fifteen. So Daryl's new favorite intro to the show. Oh, good stuff. Homer isn't going to take tricky shit lying down, which none of us should. No. So, uh, Yield, that's all you've been playing, sir? That's all I've been playing. All right. Well, I, as you may have guessed, have played quite a bit of Rocket League. But uh, it was nice because even though I missed the first few days of the new Grand Prix in uh, Crash Team Racing, I uh, I took two weeks off from work, which, in, you know, inside of that was my uh, our trip to Disney. So I had, like, by the time we came back, I had a full week to sit down and just grind it out. So uh, I've made it entirely through that Grand Prix and kind of caught up for lost time there. And, uh, yeah, caught up in Rocket League as well. Bought all the stuff that I wanted from the, the Lucky Lanterns event. And uh, here we are. I guess uh, guess I'm just going to go back to uh, thumping that Pokemon, if you know what I mean. There you go. That's not meant to be sexual at all. I just kind of tried to find a very funny way to, uh, a verb to use to mean playing Pokemon. And somehow I came up with thumping, which sounds like I'm jerking off a Pokemon. (laughs) Not a pretty sight. There are many websites where you can get that kind of stuff, but we're not looking at that. We're not tricky. No, no. I mean, it's Japanese graphic novels. Which, according to CJ, he can translate. (laughs) CJ can? No, tricky can't. There, there was a thing going on in, in, in the beatdown page, and something was brought up about Japanese visual novels, and CJ's like, well, Tricky could translate for you. <laughs> Tricky could do many things with those novels, and quite frankly, translating that we don't want to know them. about, which should be sequestered to a very dark room uh, when he's home alone. So, Yield, now that we've gone over what, uh, what we've been playing... Let's get into a little bit of news now. Nothing, it seems like a slower week for news. Slower than we're usually used to during the winter times. It was. I. It was a slower week. Believe me, I I scoured the webs. A lot of this is, is kind of speculation, although this first story kind of got some very concrete information. Stuff that we can assume, although maybe a little bit more information than we would uh, have previously thought. So, I mean, we can all agree that... Horizon Zero Dawn 2 is, is going to happen. At the They kind of left us on a cliffhanger there at the end of the, the first game. And let's be honest, the goal of making a new IP is to make something successful so that you can make sequels. Because let's be honest, the sales are in the sequels. And Sony is not going to say, hey, Gorilla, let's take all this money and all these resources and make this, this great game in Horizon Zero Dawn and then just forget it after one game and let you make a new IP after that. So... We can assume that, yes, Horizon Zero Dawn 2 is a thing. And recently, as uh, originally found on Reddit and uh, picked up as a story by Games Radar, is the fact that uh, Guerrilla Games is hiring for uh, a role that would many people would lead to believe, or that would lead many people to believe, that they are looking possibly into the, uh, the viability of multiplayer in a sequel to Horizon Zero Dawn. Now, I'm going to um, take some uh, excerpts from the article here. Uh, and again, this is from Games Radar. They, uh, in a job posting, they, Guerrilla Games listed for a game server engineer specifically mentioning working on systems like matchmaking, tournaments, clans, and leaderboards. And um, that, of course, all of that would uh, lend you to believe that it's, again, multiplayer-related. Uh, the, 
the uh, this is going to quote from the article. The posting confirms Guerrilla is working on an epic open world game, stating that the desired applicant would help develop ranged and melee weapons, combat and traversal mechanics, player skills, damage and hit responses, camera inventory and eco- economy systems, and re- and would preferably have experience in multiplayer. Now, of course, multiplayer. They also, you know, Guerrilla Games did Killzone, which had a very big multiplayer aspect to it. But I don't think they're taking Killzone open world any time, and many of these elements point to Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, ranged and melee weapons, an open world game. Uh, they mention a camera. They also mention economic uh, or economy and inventory systems. Like basically all that, with uh, especially with combat and traversal being so integral to Horizon Zero Dawn. It, it, basically, they're describing Horizon Zero Dawn too. Here, can we can we both agree on that? Yeah. So, I mean, like, how how do you feel about this, Shield? Like, how do you feel about multiplayer in Horizon Zero Dawn? Because, quite frankly, the first one didn't need it. I don't think it needs multiplayer. But, again, you know, there are some games that do really well with multiplayer, and there are other games that don't do so well. I mean, Dead Zone is one of those examples where they tried to shoehorn it in there and it didn't work out so well. Whereas Uncharted, everyone was kind of hesitant about it, but then you, uh, as it turns out, they did, Naughty Dog did it really well. Yeah, in see... Uncharted. I'm 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 gonna take my lesson from Uncharted because I I was one of the one of the masses that was like it, you don't need it there's no reason for it you're gonna kill it and it actually turned out to be really fun so I don't think Horizon needs it uh, the, the the game was fine on its own I think the sequel will be fine on its own but. If there is going to be one, I'll I'll be the cautiously optimistic. We'll we'll let Gorilla do their thing, and we'll see how they work it in. I I just hope that they stay single player focused, and we have a multiplayer component. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I think that the sad reality is that you know there's still a desire for single player games, but. Like, if your game is going to have a longer tail, so to speak, multiplayer kind of has to have be an element in it. I mean, you look at the games that uh, I've been playing quite a bit. You know, uh, Crash Team Racing I've been playing since, what, June when it came out? Rocket League I'm still playing three years later, three, four years later. Why well, I, I came to the train late, so about three years later for me. You're still playing World of Warships. So a lot of these games have a multiplayer element, whereas, you know, with a single-player game, and yeah, you can play it on different difficulties, but after going through such a large game like Horizon Zero Dawn, it's kind of like, I I kind of wanted to just step away from this. And, you know, the Frozen Wild came out, and that was a lot of fun. It was released in December. It was released far enough away from the original release where it's like, okay, yes, I'm ready for more of this. But it's not, like, I don't want to play Horizon Zero Dawn 2 again, or Horizon Zero Dawn again after playing it once. Or, like, at least not in quick succession. Yeah. So I I think it is kind of a sign of the industry where a lot of, like, the games with the longest tails, they, I mean, they have multiplayer elements to them. You're, you're right. I would like to see, this is kind of a, a side thing, I would like to see some the return of couch co-op. I mean, if you could play Horizon Zero Dawn, like, I mean, they, like, obviously, they create a lot of great characters within Horizon. I mean, obviously, Aloy is the... Like, that's everyone, like, that's the biggest character, and that's the one that, you know, everyone will remember and attach to, but, like, clearly they show that, like, a lot of the NPCs and just the other characters in general, you liked them, you wanted to see more of them, you wanted to see them develop a little bit more. So, I mean, Guerrilla Games can do that, 
you know, so I don't think it'd be out of the realm of possibility to have um, kind of a co-op element to it, and I think that could definitely be a lot of fun. You know, and I used the example of Dead Space earlier. I mean, clearly, like, they shoehorned co-op into Dead Space 3, which, I mean, you're supposed to feel isolated in Dead Space, which is why that didn't work. This one is more of a vibrant universe. You're not supposed to feel necessarily isolated. You know, you want to meet new people. You want to foster relationships. And you, you know, I mean, Aloy makes friends along the way. So this game, you know, could be suited to co-op. Very much so. E- e- either story co-op or even uh, multiplayer co-op. And you know, I know we're all licking our chops at another chance to step into the shoes of Aloy and enter the world of Horizon Zero Dawn, but uh, this next news story we have is, you know, kind of right up your alley, and I know you picked this for a specific reason, or for a special reason, because it caters directly to your interest. It's gonna, you're hoping it's gonna make your E3 prediction come true finally, your annual prediction come true. Yes. Ubisoft has rehired Maxime Belland, who if you don't know, was the creative director on at least two Splinter Cells, uh, those being Splinter Cell Conviction and Splinter Cell spell Splinter Cell Blacklist. Now, the odd thing is that he left in 2019, is now coming back less than a year later. Um, which, I mean, it's odd, but, you know, hey, welcome back. Uh, in his new role, he will serve as the new vice president for Ubisoft's influential editorial team, helping guide various games across the company. Uh, the goal here is for the company to have a more varied profile. Uh, this this story, I know you found it on IGN, but the uh, it seems the original story comes from uh, Video Games Chronicle. And um, so, it, the, it, now while this all seems peachy and keen for Splinter Cell, it's also important to note that he was creative director for numerous games uh, within Ubisoft, uh, including um, Toronto-made portions of Far Cry 4, Far Cry 5, and Far Cry Primal. Um, as well as the game design, as well he did uh, game design on, or excuse me, the official title is Game Design Director for the original Assassin's Creed, as well as Creative Director and Lead Designer for Rainbow Six Vegas. So he's got his hands, he's had his hands in many pots around Ubisoft, I mean, which is great why they brought him back, because he's obviously a very talented individual that can cover many different games and many different genres. Uh, So I don't know if this signals that there's another Splinter Cell game coming, but it definitely can't hurt to have this guy around. And of course, if they can kind of mix up their uh, portfolio and he can help lead them along that way uh, and to ensure better quality, then, uh, you know, more power to him. I mean, I think it's a good move overall. Well, so do I. Uh, they, the I had read in that article that it was the kind of the complaint with Ubisoft lately was their games had become all the same. You know, it, it didn't matter what type of game it was. We were doing the same thing. collect a and yada yada. They kind of say that that's why Ghost Recon Breakpoint wasn't as successful as Wildlands because it was just kind of fell into the mold of the same old, same old game. And that's kind of why they brought him back was to diversify the games to make them all feel different. But having well, I mean, I'll, t- I'll take a, a quote from the article here. Uh, again, this is from Video Games Chronicle. Uh, the restriction of Ubisoft's editorial team follows the disappointing sales performance of 2019 titles The Division 2 and Ghost Recon Breakpoint, which resulted in the delay of several games to ensure quality, including Watch Dogs Legion. You know, ensuring quality, what you should have done from the start, Ubisoft. But, uh, you know, getting shooting games out there, you know, for sales as fast as you can to avoid, you know, any kind of financial... Uh, forecast snafus and having to move stuff on the balance sheet you know that that's that's clearly better clearly so, um nice to see they learn their lesson though yes 
So, I mean, it's always good. It's good to have him back. I mean, um, there have been hints at a, at a new Splinter Cell game. Now that you've got the creative director back, it, you know, it, there, there could be in the works, especially next gen. Now, what do you think the chances of Splinter Cell coming back actually are? I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of people like you who would want to play it and buy it. So, I mean, you're not the only one screaming from a mountaintop that you want Splinter Cell. But because he's worked across so many franchises, I think, I think that the article mentioned it was four, across his 20-year tenure at Ubisoft, like, do, like, do you think it's actually, uh, there's a legitimate chance that Splinter Cell could come back? I mean, you know, they talked about varying up their, po- f- they want more variety in their portfolio, you know, maybe bringing back a classic game like that and kind of stepping away from some of the games they've been throttling as of late, including the like, Ghost Recon and the Assassin's Creed. Maybe that's kind of what they need. I, I agree with that because it's, you know, people have spoken highly of the Splinter Cell games and there's there's a following there for it, you know. It's like those of us that want Siphonfilter back. So I I never say never. I, I, I think that this would be a good thing. Maybe you're not going to get it right away because he's got to right the ship. But I I think you'll get one. Yield, apparently I made a grievous error because every year for E3, you predict that Siphon Filter is going to be the game that comes back next, right? Specifically because it's yes. a PlayStation. It's a PlayStation. It's classically a PlayStation game. Yes. Or thought of as a PlayStation game. Correct. Why didn't you correct me when I made that grievous error? Ah, I was just going to let you go with it. Don't do not do that. Don't, don't be do like that? a fool. All right. All right. I'll, I'll fix you next time. Also... I think I just used the word grievous twice in the last two minutes. One thing you don't have to worry about yield in uh, in the cantina or anywhere in Galaxy's Edge is the general, General Grievous. He's not there because, you know, our boy Obi-Wan took him out. Yeah. I, I, I don't need him and his four lightsabers showing up. <laughs> when we were at Disney, they um, they had, like, souvenir Jango Fett, Jango Fett head mugs. And when we were in line to get food, I saw that. And I'm like, oh, so that's where his head landed after Mace Windu lopped it off. <laughs> oh, amazing. Uh, from our previous story, I kind of wanted to just add where the job listing came from. Uh, I know we attributed the articles um, to Games Radar and, you know, based on, you know, what somebody on Reddit found. But the Reddit uh, user found it on game or uh, Guerrilla Games' actual website. So the job listing came from. Uh, Guerrilla Games website, so we're not just pulling shit from Reddit. The uh, you know the the front page of the internet, as I'm doing air quotes, or otherwise known as where I go to get all my Pokemon Go information. There you go. All right, well, yield. That's going to be the end of our news topics. Although you do have one special news topic. Uh, Tricky likes to call it our topic of the week, but let's be honest, we could just bundle it in with all other news stories. Uh, although this one's a bit more rumor. Uh, it, it is. It's it's a lot more rumor and. Um, I, I, I tried to look to find some, something more concrete than just Twitter, but I couldn't. So this is probably a rumor with a grain of salt. So, uh, okay, well, I mean, well, first of all, the, the, the Twitter user's name, their handle is NextGenPlayer. Um, it is, it is. And I, I was going you to- know, honestly, like, I mean, we could talk about this, but I'm going to call bullshit on some of these right away. Okay, okay, and... I, I probably agree with you, but I, I put it in here for, for one game only. So, have, have you decided, are, are you concrete that you are getting a PlayStation 5? 
I mean, at some point, yes, I'm not going to be that asshole like Tricky who fights the, the crowds or buys, you know, like, spends an absorbent amount of money to get one, get one day one. So we can agree that that there's going to be Horizon 2, pro- probably a Spider-Man 2, God, next another God of War. You're going to get MLB The Show. These are some of the games that are listed on this rumored to be at the PlayStation 5 reveal event. But might I entice you, sir, would you be interested in a new Spyro game? Okay, before we get into this, uh, I want to point out that this guy's description of himself is, uh, quote, 12-year world-traveling game media vet. It doesn't get any juicier than this. With a um, bundle of grapes and the splash, like, water splashes icon, emoji, whatever you want to call it. Um, Yeah, so take with that from you will. Doesn't really seem like the most professional guy. But uh, as far as a new Spyro game... You know, um, it seems like they're going to try to alt- like Activision, of course, owns the license for uh, owns the property Spyro and Crash Crash Bandicoot. I know we got Crash Bandicoot last year. We also got Spyro or last year, didn't we? Yes. OK, so everyone has kind of been talking. There, there's rumors of a new Crash Bandicoot game coming out. I've heard that, um, too, because Crash, the the Crash Insane Trilogy came out in 2017. Um, and then we skip a few years and then. Um, CTR and Spyro come out. Actually, hold on. Let me check on the uh, the release date of Spyro Reignited because I don't know. I just want to make sure that it actually came out last year. I, it's not that I don't trust you, Yield. Actually, no. The release date was uh, 2018. November 2018. So they, what a lot of people think that, the, that Activision is going to do is that they're going to kind of alternate years or alternate releases with these two. So that would, I mean, yes, Crash Team Racing came out. But a lot of people think are thinking that with so many rumors about a Crash game, that Crash is next to come out, and then after that, they'll do another Spyro. Okay. If that doesn't entice you... So I, I think the um, game's rumored to be at Sony's PS5 reveal event. I mean, it would make sense to have Spyro there, because Spyro has been a big part of PlayStation's history. It was a huge release for the, play, the original PlayStation. I just don't think it's going to come out yet. I think Activision's sitting on that one. What about the sequel to The Order 1886? I liked The Order 1886. I enjoyed I, it. I had issues with it. Um, the main one being like, you, it was basically pitted as like you were fighting monsters in Victorian uh, Victorian era. But there, like most of it was just shooting at, people, at humans. Like you were, there were some monster fights, yes, but like there not were very not many. enough monsters in that game for me. And that was my biggest issue with it. I mean, yeah, it was shorter. The game looked great. But, I mean, a lot of people take, you know, took umbrage with the fact that uh, the story wasn't very long. No, six hours? Yeah, my biggest complaint was that, uh, you know, you didn't fight as many monsters as I thought you would. Uh, You know, again, Ready at Dawn Studios did that, you know, known for the God of War uh, PSP games. Like, you know, they've done a a lot of stuff. Uh, A quality game development studio. So, I mean, the pieces were there for the game to be good, and it's, they did a, if they did a sequel, like, I have no doubt that it would be good. I, but, you know. I enjoyed the game, and, I was, and I'm still waiting for the sequel. I mean, I, even though it was short, I still enjoyed it enough that it'd be like, yeah, I'd play another one. I don't know that Sony is willing to pull the trigger on it, but quite frankly, like, as far as timeline goes, there's been enough time to pass since where I think that, that you know, it would make sense for them to be like, hey, or, Order 1886... Although, quite frankly, if they haven't done a sequel to Heavenly Sword, I don't. I, I, I feel like a sequel to Heavenly Sword would come before the Order 1886 sequel, but I, I could be wrong. 
Yeah, that was a very loved game. So here we go. So this was the main reason I put it on here. It would definitely, it would definitely lure me in to buy a five sooner rather than later. What about Sly Cooper five? Sly Cooper four was a long time ago. Not a long time ago, but it was on the PS3. People love the Sly games. It's definitely something they can bring back and it would, you know, I think it's still over a million, somewhere between one and two million, you know, and and it it would do well for Sony. It would do well. Sly Sly is a beloved character and I, I would be totally down for that. So, uh, of course, you know, Sucker Punch, probably not at the helm of this, if you remember Sly 4 Thieves in Time, was made by Senzaru Games, not by um, Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch, of course, is working on Ghost of Tsushima, going to get that, that out later this year. So, I mean, that would mean that Senzaru is once again handling Sly, if this were to be in a reveal. Um Obviously, if these games are shown in a PS5 reveal, it doesn't mean they're all coming at launch or, you know, even within a year. This is just kind of a roadmap for what we're going to see, games they're they're working on. And you would figure that, you know, the PS5's coming out later this year, they're working on a bunch of games for it. Sly 5 makes sense, and I don't know what Sanzaro's been doing since Sly 4. So it's definitely a possibility, and I think it's a franchise they could easily put out there and, and, you know, get some sales for it. I just... A game I don't see on here is Ratchet, though, and I, I, I figure that, you know, given that the, the last Ratchet game, you know, even though it came out for the 4, it still feels like years and years ago. I don't know. I, I feel like that is a more marketable game than Sly, and we would see that first. But, I mean, it's Sly, like, I, I you know, I could definitely see Sly, too, although it's it's still nice to see that, you know, I mean, not really nice to see, but it's, you know, terrible for Jack and Jackson fans. That's That game has still been left on the PS2 era. I was surprised yeah, that there wasn't a Ratchet and Clank because we still haven't finished Ratchet's story. But Sly, I was, when I finished Thieves in Time, I was like, I, we, we got to finish this. We can't stop here. Yeah, a lot of people had issues with that ending. Um, I don't really remember it being particularly egregious, but I mean, like Sly 4 may be my favorite Sly game. I mean, Sly 2, I, I really like the game a lot. I just thought overall, as a game, Sly 4 was better. Well, if it ended, I would be okay with it. But I was still kind of like, we can't end it that way. But if we did, it's not like we did it bad. Does that make sense? I, for that reason, I think a lot of people would be hyped for Sly 5. Or at least Sly, Sly fans would definitely come running for it. And they would they would buy it. Um, God of War 2 is on this list. It's at the top of the list. Uh, that was two, was that? Yeah, that's 2018, because I played it last year, early last year. Um, so that was 2018, so if we're going, it would probably come out 2021. They would take three years. I mean, I, I, that's a given, it's God of War 2, uh, you know, based on the Norse mythology line. That's coming out at some point. I could see that happen, yes. Absolutely. Uh, Spider-Man 2, uh, from Insomniac, that's probably why you don't see a Ratchet game on there. So I could I could definitely see Spider Man Two coming out. Sorry, Yield, I hijacked your. your no, thing. no, no, that's I, fine. I just wanted to ask you about those three games. I saw those three games, and I'm like, you know what? I I I, I can I, I can work this with something. So no, go right ahead. Demon Souls Remastered. I think it's it's Dark Souls that is on the Switch. So Dark Souls Remastered is already out. Um, I think D- Demon Souls was the first game, right? I believe I think Demon so. Souls was yes. Yeah, Demon Souls was the first game in the line. Notoriously difficult. But uh, I mean, I can I can definitely see that because they they you know people love to remaster things and, and the Dark Souls has already been remastered. 
Horizon Zero Dawn 2, I mean, we could we could easily see that. You know, on one episode recently, we were talking about how it could potentially be a launch title for the system. Uh, here's one I'm kind of going to poo-poo. PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale 2. I enjoyed the game. Nowhere near as fun as Super Smash Bros. And I know they try to do things differently than Super Smash Bros., but let's be honest, it's a party mascot brawler, so it's essentially, like... It is. It is trying yeah. to be like Super Smash Brothers, but not be an identical clone of it. I uh, yeah, I I don't think that this game was well enough received for them to bring it back. I would be surprised if they if they announced this game. Yeah, I, I if the, if they did bring it back, I don't think it would be at a launch event. Uh, next up is a new kill zone. Again, it would be from Guerrilla Games, unless Sony has handed that off to another development studio, which could happen, but. I, I mean, if if Guerrilla Games, if there's a suggestion that Guerrilla Games is, deli- is developing both that and Horizon Zero Dawn 2, there's no way. They would have to pass it off to another studio, so I'm going to poo-poo the new kill zone as well. I'm okay with that. Gran Turismo 7, like, is there, there's a Gran Turismo for every console, right? It's sometimes multiple, because obviously we're on 7. That, that'll happen at some point. Oh yeah, I totally believe that. And when was the last Gran Turismo released? It's been a while. Was it Gran Turismo Sport? I uh, yeah. You'll look that up for me if you can. Can you? Yep, looking it up. Also on here is a game called Legends with a, a Z instead of an S on the end. He'll, do you have any idea what that game is? No, I have no idea what that is. Hopefully it's Legends of the Hidden Temple. Just slightly more hip because, you know, the Z's on the end. And lastly, it'll be the show 21, which... Obviously, was until recently an exclusive to the PlayStation. Uh, it came out every year for the PlayStation, so yes, that that will likely be there, uh, a showcase title for the uh, for the early days of the PlayStation Five. Of course, it's going to be coming also to the Xbox and I believe the Switch as well. So yeah, it has gone multi-platform, but I guarantee that Sony's still going to highlight it. Yield, did you find anything on the great case of which Gran Turismo was last? Uh Sport. October 17th of 2017. Yeah, I, I'd say they're due. They're due. So, I mean, like, of these, I would say that one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven are legitimate. Um, the others, I mean, the other one of the other ones being the Order 1886, which I think is a little bit more out there. I, I can see it happening, but I don't think Sony's going to invest in that just yet, if ever again. Uh, but again, I don't know what Reddit Dawn's been doing since then, so who knows? Uh, Yield, what about you? How many of these do you think are legit? Oh, I got it. Ah, I closed it. I need to open it back up. Um, uh, while you're counting, I'll say that while you know, I, I did, you know, I was like, hey, you know, some of these seem legitimate. Like th- these are Sony's biggest titles and a lot of their exclusives, so it would not have been hard just to make this list up. So. Six of them, for sure, but those are all the guaranteed ones. So I, I, I would like to see, of the ones that are kind of out there, I know that you, th- I would like to see the Order 1886, because I know that it's got kind of a following. I would like to see that in Sly. But I, I know, I mean, it, it's no guarantee. That's me being wishful thinking. Uh, I want to to uh, put this out there that uh, the guy who created this thread, Next Gen Player, 
uh, wrote, he said, probably none of these rumors are real, though, lol, so take with a massive grain of salt. So uh, this guy and his wet grapes, like, uh, I'm going to say that he probably made this list up because, I mean, any dope who has owned a PlayStation can probably make this list up. But there is probably some legitimacy to the games he listed, only because, like, a lot of these are no-brainers. If they released, you know, at least one Gran, one Gran Turismo per console generation, you can probably guess that another one's coming. Oh, yeah. Although at this point, I think that Sony might be smart to, like they did with Gran Turismo Sport, to take away the numbers because, you know, Gran Turismo's getting up there in age, and uh, you don't want to seem it to seem too old. You know, that's why Vince McMahon no longer allows people to call WrestleMania the granddaddy of them all. It doesn't want to seem too old. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you very much at Next Gen Player for that, uh, those rumors, that, that barrel of laughs, and probably the, the complete BS that you just threw on the internet. But, uh, hey, you and I talked about it, so. It worked. But, you know, like I said, there's there's some legitimacy to some of those games because, you know, they're going to be coming out. We know it. All right, well, that's going to bring us to the end of our show, and let's get to our housekeeping. We're going to clean this shit up. All right, if you're on Twitch and you want to watch and see what Proven Gamer is playing, you can go to twitch.tv backslash Proven Gamer. You can also contact the show via Twitter at Proven Gamer. You can also via email at trophyhorse at provengamer.com, as well as through our phone number. Yield, what's the phone number? 330-PROVEN-9. 330-776-8369. If you enjoy what you hear on Trophy Horse, check out the other podcast on the Proving Gamer Podcast Network, which include PG Spoilers as well as Game Stuff, the co-flagship podcast of the Proving Gamer Podcast, Net- podcast Network, since uh, the leader of this show is an insane asshole who thinks that The Last Guardian should sell 10 million copies. We've also got PlayStation 4 communities that you can interact with, including the Pro- uh, Proving Gamer, the Tito's Brothel, because Shuhei won't let us say whores on the network, as well as the Platinum Guild yields a uh, hive of scum and villainy. Yes, a wretched hive. And as you may have guessed, the Platinum Guild is just a place where you can share your latest Platinums that you have attained on the PlayStation 4. Uh, where can you find our various podcasts? You can find them on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, various podcast apps, Google Play, Pandora, TuneIn, and you can also find tri- Trophy Horrors on iHeartRadio and Spotify, as well as Pandora. Yield, I'm going to throw uh, the sponsors, or at least some of them, to you. How about you tell them about our partnership with Amazon? So, if you go to the Proven Gamer website, on the side, there's an ad for Amazon. If you click on it, it takes you straight to Amazon, and you can do your shopping as you normally would, because you know that everybody buys something from Amazon, and a little bit of your purchases get kicked back to us to help keep the lights on and help tricky with his medicine for uh dementia you know because he thinks that five to ten million for a video game for a very specific video game that would never attain those sales yeah a niche video game yeah i don't i don't know what he's thinking if you want to support trophy whores you can support us via patreon at patreon.com backslash proven gamer and you can become a Patreon producer just like C.J. Anderson. Thank you, C.J., for your continued support of the show. Um, Tricky set up a whole bunch of different uh, levels of supports for the show. So depending on how much you donate to us per month, uh, that'll determine the, the, um, 
the tier and the reward that you get for that. Uh, again, if you can't help financially, though, we always say just spread trophy horrors via word of mouth because, quite frankly, that's the best advertising that we can ask for. So even if you don't pledge money, you can definitely help support the show. We are also partnered with Humble Bundle. And uh, if you don't know what HumbleBundle.com is, it, it's a charity initiative that every month bundles together digital media, be it books, video games. Uh, I mean, they bundle together a ton of stuff. Uh, but the most prominent sales and probably the most prescient to your interest are the video games. And it's a tiered bundle, so the more you pay, the more of the, of the bundle you get. So the more games you'll get. Um, usually the bundles are valued at over 250 bucks. So even if you have to pay 20 bucks, it's definitely worth it. And it, again, it's for charity. So uh, while you can name your price, you should always give as much as you possibly can. Absolutely. Uh, go, go to homebundle.com. Uh, to sign up for their electronic newsletter, and if you want to go to the show description for this show on for this episode on PremierGamer.com, uh, there will be a link in the show description directly to our partnership page with Home Bundle. Well, Guild, I think that is going to bring us to the end of the show, sir. Do we want to do some <sighs> shoutouts? Let's do some shoutouts. All right, Yield. How about you go first? Okay, so I would like to give a shout out to Alex. For being here recording tonight. Uh, a shout out to Tricky, who is playing hooky and trying to hijack the show via Facebook and sending us messages, but it's not going to work because we're not listening. Uh, a shout out to you, all the fans out there, for interacting with us through Facebook, uh, the, the Twitters, our Facebook groups, all that. It's very much Sound like an old man yield the Twitters. The, 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 the Twitters, I know. It, yeah, I don't know. It, my brain's locking up, so that's what I went with. So thank you for all of you for doing that. It's very much appreciative. That's it. Keeping it simple. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I know what you mean by the Twitters, Yield, because I'm uh, turned 35 this year, or last year, you know, last year, so uh, I'm an old man too. So don't uh, don't feel bad about that. Aging gracefully, you and I. Yes, I want to give a shout out to the listeners, the fuel to the fire of this trophy horse. Thank you all very much for your continued support of the show. Uh, you guys continue to push the show to greater heights, so, and without you all, none of this would be possible. I don't really want to sit down and, you know, shout at Tricky for an hour and a half, you know, if we're the only ones listening. So thank you guys for continuing to drive the show forward. Uh, we are eternally grateful for your continued support. Give a shout out to Yield for showing up tonight, a night after the Rumble. We've had our Rumble hangovers. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Tricky, who could not be here today. A big shout-out, as always, to our man across the pond, Sid. And a big shout-out to Daryl, who uh, had his trophies read worry-free this this episode because Dictator Tricky's not here trying to uh, <laughs> hijack everything. No beeps. Yep, Tricky, just because you play easy games and Japanese graphic novels for Platinums doesn't mean you have to be embarrassed because Daryl's trophy list is better than yours. Uh, and last but not least, I want to give a shout out to my awesome girlfriend, Ashley. I love you, honey. And uh, like I said, we had a wonderful time in Disney. It was the first time I'd been back to Disney in the longest time. And I was excited to see Galaxy's Edge and Toy Story Land and go to Harry Potter World. And after chickening out when I was much, much younger, Alex, like seven or eight, I finally rode Space Mountain my first time, my first time back to Magic Kingdom since then. So life goal achieved. Even though, it's actually a little story to this, because we got towards the end of the ride, toward the end of the line to get on the ride, and all of a sudden, the, the car stopped going and the lights went up, and they said the ride was delayed, and I'm like, no, don't do this to me! No! This is our only day at Magic Kingdom! Luckily, uh, within five minutes, some dude comes running down the ramp, 
the lights go back down and everyone just starts clapping and going mad because you know that if they shut down Space Mountain, it's going to be Riot Shield. Yeah, it's going to be riots. A little trivia. Did you know it's actually the oldest operating coaster in the state of Florida? It opened in 1975. Really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Also, if you go to Magic Kingdom and Disney World, go get on the Seven Dwarves Minecart ride. It's a little roller coaster, not too intense, but incredibly fun. Great presentation. Although the line for that ride got up to three hours at one point, so use your fast passes on it. Good God. Yep. So that is going to bring us to the end of episode 418. I want to remind you that, yes, Tricky is always wrong. And always. he's a pure lunatic. Yield and I are amazing. Daryl has the best trophies. CJ is the alpha dog, as far as Platinum goes. And Sid is always the man across the pond. And uh, until next week, happy trophy on. Later. The theme song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash evenphilippines. Philippines.